podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome to The Cop Table, a LiverpoolFCHQ.com podcast with your host, Peter Phillips. For all your Liverpool analysis and opinion, check out the website, LiverpoolFCHQ.com. I heard a cop I And welcome to the Cop Table podcast. Today we are previewing the Liverpool versus West Ham game at Anfield this uh, coming season, the Premier League opener for both sides. Um, got a very special guest on our on our show tonight with us, Chris Akabusi, West Ham fan, um, also an MBE. Chris uh, obviously is a, a legend in the ath- athletics world. Um, he's won the four hundred. Meters hurdles record at uh, 48.12 seconds. Also took the gold in Tokyo at the 1991 World Championships, overtaking uh, American runner Antonio Pettigrew on the final straight across the line to win the gold medal for the British team at the time of uh, a new British record as well. Chris also went on to uh, have a excellent TV career featuring on uh, Record Breakers, uh, The Big Breakfast and Question of Sport amongst other things. So fabulous stuff, Chris. Really welcome uh, on the show. How are you? Yeah, Peter. Fantastic, mate. Thanks very much for that. Really looking forward to speaking to you and Jay. Can't wait for Sunday. Uh, It's going to be a great day. West Ham going up to Anfield, taking on the mighty Liverpool and we can't lose. It's going to be exciting free-flowing football. Look at you boys doing your stuff and win, lose or draw, we will be happy but I'm hoping we're going to steal something from you. Brilliant, Chris. You sound as excited as, as us about the podcast and the coming season, so brilliant. And also uh, we have our, our usual resident Liverpool guest with us, Jay Riley. Jay's a regular on the uh, Radio City Fan Friday short talk show. Also features in the, the Liverpool Echo. Does a little bit on Redmen TV and uh, also on LFC TV. So thanks very much again, Jay. How are you? Hello, lads. Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to Sunday's game. Can't wait now. Just excited for it all. Great stuff. Okay, we're going to start off uh, with our, our West Ham guest, Chris. Obviously, going into the uh, to the new season, Chris, you you guys have got a, a new manager, Manuel Pellegrini. What's your, your initial thoughts on his appointment uh, as your manager? So, um, I'll tell you what, I mean, 
I, I, I'm, I was a Billish fan, so I really loved um, uh, Billish, he, West Ham through and through. Um, he fell out with the owners. I thought the owners were losing it a little bit. We took on uh, Moisey, who come across from the other side of your park um, before going to Man United. After going to, sorry, before going to Man United. Um, yeah. He did a good job, saved us last year. We were a real trouble. And I'll tell you what, I mean, the jury's out in Pellegrini. Um, he's obviously got the ear of the owners because we've had a phenomenal window, but I don't know if he can do it with us. You know, it's one thing doing it with Manchester City when you've got the deep pockets mm. or, uh, that the Man City have. It's another thing when you come down to, I want to say Upton Park, but you come down to London, you know, we haven't got deep pockets. I and mean, if we bust the bank for him, let's see what he can do with a mid-table club. You know, we're a mid-table team. Um, we've flirted a lot of relegation in the last couple of years. If we can be up there, you know, seven, eight, nine, maybe pop, you know, pop in and have a little look with you boys up there in the top four, top six, that'd be lovely. But really, we want to look at good free-flowing football. If you can get us playing football, we're West Ham. We don't win much. We want to play good football. Yeah, and to be fair to Pellegrini, he does come with um, with a really good pedigree, doesn't he? He's like you say, he's won the Premier League at Manchester City. He's managed Real Madrid. Um, he's managed some some very big teams, and I think he's been to a did he manage international the football with Chile as well? So he's got um, he's got a very good background. Um, do you think he's going to be an improvement on, like you say, the previous managers of Bilic and Moyes? I mean, well, he, he better be. I mean, I, look. As I said right from the get-go, I loved Bilic. And I think if Bilic had got the backing that, that Pellegrini has got, we would have done very well. He's gone. Pellegrini's in. Let's see what he can do. He's got a great reputation. You've just talked about his, his Pellegrini's legacy. Most important thing for me is he gets us playing football. He gets us playing football on the ground, on the park, rolling it around, give and goes. You know, I mean, if we could play a scintilla, a little bit of football that you guys are playing. That would be wonderful. You know, we haven't got to win every week. We want, to, we want to be secured by February, have a good cup run, and maybe get a nosebleed every now and again. But I want to see good football. Excellent stuff. Cheers, Chris. Right, okay then, Jay. Looking forward to the uh, to the first home game at Anfield. For us, how important is it, in your opinion, that Liverpool hit the ground running and make a really good start in, in these first few games? I think it's massively important, isn't it? Because, you know, obviously Liverpool done the transfer business pretty early, didn't we? And, like, we've just sat back and let the round days now, you know, right on deadline day. And we've had plenty of time to prepare for this game and the coming season, really. We've had quite a good pre-season, haven't we? And, you know, everyone's excited, looking forward to the campaign. And we genuinely believe now this is our time. This is the Liverpool's opportunity to genuinely challenge for the title. And, you know, everyone is excited, but... You know, first and foremost, we've still got to win this opening game because, you know, it's all right getting, you know, excited and getting carried away and thinking this is our moment now to challenge. But, you know, the, the opening day of the season, it's never easy, is it? You know, it's great if we can play entertaining football and win three or four nil. But, you know, ultimately, it's all about getting the three points and building momentum, really, isn't it? Going into the next game against Crystal Palace away from home on the Monday night. So, you know, you've got to take that on board, the fact that, you know, it's we're playing a West Ham team now. They've got a new manager. They've got six or seven new players as well. So you'd like to think it's probably a good time to play them, purely and simply because they shouldn't really have gelled properly yet. Because as the season gets, you know, it develops. You would you would imagine West Ham would be a lot better as the season moves on. But at the start of the season, 
it could be good for Liverpool to catch them cold, really, especially being at Anfield as well. So, you know, like I say, looking forward to it. But, you know, most importantly, forget the performance. It's all about getting the three points in the pizza. Yeah, exactly. Three points on the table in the, in, in the first first matches is, is vitally important to myself as well. I think last year we, we went down to Wofford, didn't we? And we, we drew our first game 3-3. And it, you just see you, that little initial stumble, it can have a little bit of an effect on you in the next in the next three or four games. So it's vital that Liverpool do get off to a winning start on, on Sunday. And like you say, hopefully West Ham, although further on, like you say, down the line, I can see them being a being a really um, threatening side in, in the Premier League, but just with the, the new signings starting to bed in, getting to know each other, getting to know a new manager, getting to know their own, the new surroundings, um, one or two foreign lads as well who, who might not understand the language as, as well. Um, I don't think some of them might be able to understand Jack Wilshire, but we're, that's another uh, that's another question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, back over to yourself then, um, Chris. Talking about the the transfer window, like we did just before we we started recording, um, what do you make of the business so far that's being done by um, West Ham United? Yeah, very exciting. I mean, first and foremost, the biggest business for me is keeping hold of Anatovic, Hernandez, Antonio, Obiang, um, Declan Rice is a young guy. I mean, that was really vitally important that we kept hold of those guys. But then when you got the, the additions of Yamalenko, Anderson, you know, today even, uh, deadline day, Perez and, and, and Sanchez are going to be phenomenal backups. You know, you know when, when we have a number two, number three midfielder injured, we've got some phenomenal backups. You know, we've taken care of business early as far as our defence is concerned with Diop and, and Fredericks. It's exciting times at West Ham. Now, you are right, you know, some of these guys are going to take a lot longer to bet in. A lot of the foreign guys, when they come to the Premier League, they're surprised how quick it is, how 100 mile per yeah. hour it is, how tough it is. You know, and no matter how good you are, first and foremost, you've got to be able to put your foot in. And a lot of the foreign boys, you know, who've been playing in Spain or, or Italy or, or, or Germany, don't realise how physical our game is. And actually, in that respect, it's good that we're playing you the first game of the season. Because of, of all the Premier League teams, traditionally over a lot of years, Liverpool have been the less, the least sort of hardest, you know, kicking up in the air. You, know, you guys like to play football. You're very mm. quick. And I remember there's a couple of times we beat you in the last couple of years. We actually beat you on your counter-attack. But, you know, and um, I can remember beating you up, up, up your end. I can remember beating you at Upton Park. We beat you on a counter-attack. And it was really surprising. But you still didn't boot us off the park. You still tried to play football even when you were down. So it might be in that respect for our signings. is a nice gentle way in. Ain't going to be easy. Do expect you guys to win. But at least they won't be booted off the park. Yeah, excellent point, Chris. I think Jürgen Klopp instills that into the side, doesn't he? He wants us to play fair. He wants us to go in and, and challenge, obviously, wholeheartedly. But he wants us to play fair and... I think Liverpool was one of the the only teams who um, was one of the teams sorry at the top of the fair play league last season. Although some of the fans don't tend to agree with that, they they want to see a player who, who's prepared to put his foot in and 
be prepared to do a little bit of the dark arts if you like like Ramos did in the final to us they want to see some of that from us we've got Naby Keita now who's who's a little genius and that sort of thing with his little niggly fouls and breaking up play and things like that although he's not a, a nasty and a dirty type of player he's one of them who, who can just get under the skin of the opposition and things like that so yeah I think you're right there Chris about Liverpool being um, a nicey nicey team previously but hopefully now with, with the, the additions that we've made we can sort of um, turn that over a little bit and become a team that's with a little bit more steel inside them but just what, what on the um, the topic of, of transfer signings Chris you, you've obviously brought in like you say Yarmolenko Carlos Sanchez today uh, Felipe Anderson was another one um, which of these players is ones that, that is the one that's going to excite you the most I saw one of the games uh, against Germany in, 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 in the pre-season and to tell you what Watching Anatovic hook up with Anderson, Matsuaka on, on, on the left-hand side, it was just glorious. I mean, ping, 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 ping. It was just glorious football. So I've got a funny feeling that Anderson could be a very important a playmaker for West Ham. I don't see him putting his foot in, but I can see him and... Um, Wilshire, that's it. So it was Wilshire, Anderson, um, Anatovic, and our left back, Masiwaka. They were absolutely excellent down the left side of the park. And I think that I think that most of our creative stuff will come down from the left hand side of the park. And you know, nobody knows about it yet, really. I was surprised to see it. If 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 we can play 80% of the way we played in pre-season. The Premier League is in for a surprise. So Anderson is... Uh, now I understand why Pellegrini had him as top of his list. He's a pickpocket. He's a playmaker. He puts balls in the right places. He puts balls into running spaces. And, you know, Anatovic, I mean, he scored every game, every game in the preseason, was just feeding off of it. And, you know... Our little little P, he's going to get stuff off people's backsides, off the bar, off the post. He's going to pick up so many stuff from those lovely feeding balls from Wiltshire and Anderson. So we're looking forward to that and West Ham being a bit of an attacking force. Excellent stuff. Cheers, Chris. Yeah, I was just reading a little bit about the, um, the West Ham, like, one of the interviews with a fan, I think it was, and he was talking about the lineup, and he wasn't sure whether Anderson would start or whether um, he'd bring him off the bench. He was just debating whether Antonio would start or what um, are the other two guys. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Pellegrini goes with on Sunday. Um, right, okay, then back over, back over to you, then Jay. Looking forward towards uh, the game on on Sunday. Obviously, Fabino has picked up this little bit of a knock in, in training today and is a, a doubt for the game so um, I think the back four is pretty much going to pick itself isn't it with Trent Van Dijk um, Gomez providing he's fit as well and uh, Andy Robertson what do you see uh, the midfield looking like taking into consideration that Fabinho might now uh, miss this game it's going to be interesting isn't it because the other night Jürgen Klopp did say about Jordan Henderson that he's had three weeks break and He's come back and it's it's like he's never been away really and he's been quite remarkably fit considering he's had that break. So it could be that you know Jordan Henderson will start the game if Fabinho doesn't make it because he's got a muscle injury, hasn't he? So 
the, the thought is that he probably won't make the game or he won't start the game anyway. So you would imagine it's going to be a toss-up between Jordan Henderson or Jeannie Wijnaldum, who, to me, has looked very good in the last two pre-season friendly games in Dublin against Napoli and also against Torino the other night, where he looked really good getting forward, didn't he? So it'd be a bit interesting to see if he did play in the number six role in front of the back four, really. But like I say, you'd, you'd say probably a toss-up between them two to play that role. You'd think James Milner would be open. Okay, I know he had a head injury near against Napoli, but you know, he's back in training today, so he's done quite well in pre-season as well. He's been there right the way throughout it, hasn't he? So you'd imagine he'll probably start as well. And then obviously Naby Keita as well, who he started off, didn't he, pre-season, where he looked sharp, on fire, some lovely balls, through balls, especially to Daniel Sturridge in one particular game, I think it was against Blackburn. Um, and also against Tranmere as well. Dortmund as well, yeah. Yeah, and he got a he got a neck injury, didn't he? And then he missed a couple of games against United and City. But then the last couple of games that we've just played the two Italian sides, he struggled a little bit for me. And just you know, I think it's it's getting it's the fine balance, isn't it, of getting his correct position in the midfield? Because obviously we play a three in midfield, don't we? And maybe he struggled a little bit playing on that left hand side a little bit. But I'm sure he'll start the game on Sunday and. No, it is going to be a dilemma for Klopp, though, because Fabinho's played most of the games, hasn't he? He's the holding midfield player, and it's not ideal with Henderson because he only returned to training, didn't he, on Monday? But, like I say, he had a little cameo appearance against Torino the other night, and he seemed totally fine, didn't he? And, you know, if he's fit enough to start the game, he is the captain, after all, and St. Alexander-Arnold was at the World Cup as well. He's had a little break, come back a week earlier, didn't he? But he probably will start at right-back, you'd imagine, so... I think, you know, there is a chance there that Henderson will start, but you know, it's good to have the options now, isn't it? Because if you look back to the back end of last season when we were going for the Champions League, you know, Liverpool were struggling. They had three fit centre midfield players to choose from because Emre Chan got injured, didn't he? And you know, it wasn't ideal, was it? Oxley Chamberlain got a terrible injury as well against Roma in the semi-final first leg. And, you know, obviously we've been struggling in that area and Adam Lallana had been out most of last season. So it will be a dilemma for Klopp, but you know, you'd like to think that if Henderson is ready, then he'll probably start. But you know, it's interesting to see because we've got numbers there now with Milnet, Wijnaldum and Keita as well. So, you know, it remains to be seen. But you know, whatever Klopp decides to go with, I think Liverpool will be strong in there on Sunday. Yeah, okay, Jay. I'd just like to stay with you and ask you a little bit about the um, the signings that Liverpool have made and similar one to, that I asked Chris. Which um, player would, are you looking forward mostly to seeing in a, in a red shirt? Obviously, we've brought in big money signings. Allison was the world record um, signing goalkeeper up until Chelsea signed um, Kepa yesterday, um, but also we've brought in Keita, Fabino, and um, Jordan Shakiri. So. Which which of these uh, players are you looking forward to seeing on Sunday at the game, Jay? Well, I've said for a long time now, I'm really looking forward to seeing Naby Keita play because I do think once he settles at the club, settles in this league, I think he could just tear the Premier League up, really. I think he's got all the attributes to be a fantastic player. Um, I touched on there that he hasn't been great in the last couple of games and I think you know, it's a learning process for him, isn't it? I mean, when we find his correct position where Klopp really wants him to play in that midfield, then we'll see the best of him. And he's the one that I'm excited about the most. But you'd also have to say the goalkeeper situation as well. I mean, it's been clear for a long, long time that Liverpool have struggled in that area, in that department. You know, Simon Mignolet's never been good enough, really. And, and Loris Carrius had spells last season where he looked OK. But 
you know, you get what you pay for, don't you? I, mean, I think we paid four and a half million pounds for him, and you know the facts are he let us down in the European Cup final, and you know you can't dwell on it and let it you know fester for the rest of your life. But ultimately, in in such a high-profile game, he, he not only did he, did he make one mistake, he made two mistakes, and I just don't know how he'll ever recover from that. And the facts are, he's not a very good goalkeeper, so. It was evident that Liverpool needed to go out and spend money on, on a new goalkeeper and get a top-class goalkeeper. And, you know, with, with spending £67 million pounds on Alisson, it, it's a lot of money. But, you know, like I say, he's, he's he's the Brazilian number one. And we've all seen last season how good Edison was for Manchester City. And he keeps him out the Brazil side, doesn't he? So you'd have to say on that basis, he, he must have something about him where, you know, he, he has got the potential to be a top-class goalkeeper. And... The only thing I will say, though, is he's not played a lot of games for Roma. So, I think he's played 50, 60 times for Roma. He's actually played 30 times, got 30 caps for Brazil. So, it's a strange situation, really, because he's still a relatively inexperienced goalkeeper in that sense, isn't he? But, like I say, I think he's he's got that presence about him, hasn't he? I think he's six foot four. He's a giant in, in between the sticks. And, you know, so far, he's looked quite good with the ball at his feet. You know, he's a little bit more commanding, isn't he, than Carrius or Mignolet. Um, you know, like I say, it's one of them, isn't it? We'll have to see. I'm sure as the season goes on, he's going to make mistakes. And, you know, hopefully people don't highlight it as much as what they would say if it was Carrius. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's only natural that he's going to make a mistake. Because no one's a genius. No one's like, you know, error free, are they? But, you know, Carrius had plenty of opportunities to prove himself. And he made quite a lot of mistakes towards the end of the season. And then... Like I say, when you make them mistakes he made in the European Cup final, I just don't know how you recover from that. So he's had his chance and now it's time to move on and Alisson's the one that we've put our money on. We're going to pin all our hopes and prayers on. And, you know, let's be perfectly honest, I think Liverpool now defensively as a whole are a little bit better with Virgil van Dijk coming in when we signed him in January time. If you look at the stats, Liverpool have improved massively, really. They've made you know, the improvements are there for all to see. But what I would like to say, though, is when you think about it, the last couple of games in pre-season, I think we've looked a little bit open, though. I mean, I thought the lad Belotti caused us a lot of problems the other night at Anfield, the three and all forwards. He was very lively running the channels and he, he worked the centre-halves. And this is the problem we've got. You see, you know, if there's one criticism that I would say, I mean, I'm really happy with Liverpool's transfer business this summer. We've had a fantastic window but we probably would have liked another centre-half, really, for me. I know Lovren had a really good World Cup and he had a good end to last season. He might not be ready in time to play at the weekend, so it's looking like Joe Gomez. But when you look at Liverpool, they have got four or five centre-halves to choose from. But a lot of them are injury-prone, aren't they? I mean, you know, Gomez was left out the other night as a precaution, probably with this game in mind. Matip's injured again. Clavin's injured at the moment. You know, it's not ideal, is it? So... You know, would have liked another centre-half, really, but you know, Klopp's decided to just give these a chance now, and I think maybe we'll see how Joe Gomez does playing centre-half. He's 21 now. He's been at the club for a few years. He's been tried at left-back, predominantly last season at right-back. Now this may be his chance to shine as a centre-half and see how he goes. And, you know, if it doesn't work out or he does get a few injuries along with Matip and Clavin, then maybe we will dip into the transfer market in January time. It was all the talk of Tarkowski, all the shells. So it's interesting to see how we go between now and January and reassess. But, you know, like I say, I think I'm looking forward to seeing Alisson. I'm looking forward to seeing Keita. It's a shame Fabinho is probably going to be, you know, he's probably going to miss the game through injury. And and let's be let's be brutally honest about it. How good has Shaqiri looked? I mean, Fantastic, yeah. a few raised eyebrows, Liverpool. 
a few days down, eyebrows wasn't in Liverpool going after him because things have been questioned, they've been labelled at him that he's, he's he's quite lazy, he's unprofessional. You know, Gary Neville said it, you know, well documented what he what he said about him. But the thing is, he was at Stoke for a couple of seasons. He he was the best player in a poor Stoke side. Um, you know, the stats will back that up from last season. But I just think with Shaqiri, he, he's come with it a little bit of a point to prove. He's been at a couple of top clubs in his career. He was at Bayern Munich, he was at Inter Milan, and he sort of never really cut the mustard there for one reason and another. And you come to Stoke, and he, you know the old saying of can he do it on a cold wet night at, at Stoke, and, and he basically can do because he did do. But what I will say is, I think now he's looking at this thinking, this quite possibly is his last chance at the big time, at a big club. And and let's be honest, he could have the perfect manager there, which is Jürgen Klopp. Jürgen Klopp is, he gets the best out of players. And you can see already, I know it's early days, but you can see already that, you know, Shaqiri's got a smile on his face. He's made up to be, uh, he knows this is a big opportunity for him. And let's be honest, he is a little magician. He, he, he scored, we've seen him score overhead kicks for his country. We've seen him score wonder goals for Stoke. We've seen him score already for Liverpool and Liverpool shirts. He scored a fantastic goal against Manchester United, scissor kick. He's also a great assist the other night for Daniel Sturridge as well. So it's I'm I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the to the table for Liverpool, really. And people are saying he's going to be an impact player from the bench. Yeah, quite possibly. But I do think at times this season he will start for us as well. And and like I say, in, in some of the tight games when we're struggling to break teams down, he could be our little secret weapon. You just never know. So like I say, the four signings we've made. I'm I'm very happy with every single sign, and I think you know it's positive going into the new season. I would have liked another centre half, but you know I'm not too greedy, and I'm just really looking forward to it now. And I think you know, let's be honest now, this this group of players, this squad that we've got, we should fear no team in this Premier League, and let's see what happens. Brilliant, thanks, Jay. Okay, then back over to uh, Chris. Chris, just like to ask you about the the game at Anfield this this coming weekend. How do you think Pellegrini's going to approach this game? Obviously, you you said previously that there's there's nothing to lose for West Ham do you think they're going to come and have a go or do you think looking they maybe looked at Liverpool from last season and thought we may just have to to relearn a little bit put the handbrake on slightly um how do you see Pellegrini tactically approaching this game that's a good question so 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 historically West Ham would go up there and look to try to keep the game tight for the first half hour or so uh, frustrate Liverpool, um, make sure you win your battles in all your various positions, uh, and then look to do a bit of counter-attacking. That's worked very, very well for West Ham in the uh, last few years. Um, I, I've heard that Pellegrini likes a 4-4-2, so that would be interesting to see if we do play with two strikers. Uh, and if we do play with two strikers, does that give Liverpool something to think about? especially as our strikers will be quite mobile, twisty, turny, um, low centre of gravity. Um, and will that give someone like Van Dijk a little bit of, you know, a little bit of something to think about? So for, what, for us West Ham fans, we don't know. We've, you know, or I certainly don't know. I've, I've, I've had a look at how we played in the warm-up games pre-season and we look to be a quite a free-flowing attacking team. But you just really don't know how that translates to the Premier League when points are at stake. I do believe he's a 4-4-2 man. If he's a 4-4-2 man, I'm quite clear of what I think our, our first team will be, with you know, depending upon whether 
it's a game where we really need to be quite solid and defending or whether we can risk counter-attacking. And I think that that will be more like the game, you know, either pressing high and counter-attacking against teams like you guys or really, I don't want to say parking the bus because that won't be his way, but, you know, being really, really solid, solid and making sure we've got people covering men as they're putting in the tackles. Like you were saying, Chris, a 4-4-2 formation it is not um, one of the the more well-known formations, if you like. It, it used to be basically back in the 80s, 90s, it was just every team bang, 4-4-2. Um, nowadays, you don't see that many teams going with a 4-4-2 and it'll be interesting to see whether West Ham do come and adopt that type of, type of tactics and it'll be interesting to see how Liverpool play against the team who, who, who adopt that, that formation because like I say there's not that many teams to come and um, to come and do that formation but overall for um, looking at the season as a whole Chris what, what would you deem to be a, a, sec- a successful season um, for your for your side this time around so I'm trying to keep my feet on the ground. Everyone would like a good cup run. I think, you know, we would love a good cup run. We'd love to, love to get deep into a, a cup, um, especially if teams, you know, if it's top four or five teams, don't take cups too seriously until it's too late. So I'm looking for a quarterfinal, semifinal at least from, from West Ham in one of the cup, cups. I'm looking for a top half finish quite clearly. Um, would be nice to think, you know, seven, eight, nine, nine to think. I mean, this is going to be strange for Liverpool, but you know, nice to be safe by February. So that we ain't, we're not we're not worried, not looking over the shoulder. I think that'd be a great season. I'd like to see someone like Anatovic on 15, 20 goals. Uh, that would be really, really good uh, to, for us to get a player deep into double figures. You know, very rarely we got anybody who scores more than sort of ten. 12 goals. So 15, 20 goals, a year striker, backed up with somebody else, 10, 15. I think they're the sort of things that realistically we can expect and hope for. But you know what football's like. Nobody could expect Leicester to win two, three years ago. And, and, and you know, there's, don't let me get ahead of myself. I'd love to be surprised by joy and see West Ham top six, top four. It's not going to happen. We ain't ahead of ourselves. We want to be top 10, seven, eight, nine, good cup run, but who knows? That's the great thing about football. You sit this side of the fence and you can look forward and just hope. I know we've got a tough start. You know, I know that we played three of the top six in the first, uh, in the first uh, six games and, and, and five of the, in, the, in, the, in the first 10 games. It's going to be a, a tough start. If we can get you know, 10, 12 points in the first eight, 10 games, we will have done well. You know, we're playing you lot, playing Arsenal, playing Chelsea, playing Man United, playing Tottenham. We backed up by City, you know. So it's going to be tough to get points earlier on. But that might be a good thing, um, you know, to see, see where we're at and to learn the ropes really, really early. But it's going to be a great season. I think we're going to have a real good season and we're going to be safe by February, have a good cup run. Brilliant stuff, yeah, excellent that, Chris. Right, okay, lads. Just um, what we do on on the podcast uh, each week, Chris, is we do a we do like a score prediction and um, a little bit of a reasoning as to why you think that. So I'm going to start off with um, with Jay. I'm going to ask uh, what's your your score prediction for this one, Jay, and uh, and your reasons for that, please. Well, as I said before, I mean it's all about getting the three points, really. And yeah, it's great if we could win four or five nil playing attractive football and playing West Ham off the park, but 
won the opening day of the season. It's all about getting the three points. It's as simple as that. But I do think Liverpool have had a very good pre-season. And like I say, with, with Salah and Mane coming back quite early, really, because he went out of the World Cup quite quite soon, didn't he? I think, really, there's, there's no excuses in that sense for both of them players to be firing on all cylinders. The one player out of the trio that I'm a bit concerned about is Firmino, because obviously he came back a little bit later. And I just thought the other night against Torino and, and against Napoli as well, he just looked a little bit off the pace for me. So, you know, obviously this game on Sunday, it's it's going to be a big one for him. If you can give us like 60 minutes, 70 minutes, then that may well be enough because them three together alone are capable of winning any game of football, aren't they? They're that good. So I do think Liverpool will probably have a little bit too much for West Ham because, as I also said before, you know, when you sign that many players, six or seven players, it's very difficult for them to gel, isn't it, straight away immediately. And you know, it could be a good time to play them really because later on into the season, you know, they could be in a little bit of it's a little bit of form and you know, then players gel together. Who knows? They could be certainly contender to get seventh or whatever in the table because like I say, the top six are sort of like on a bit of a pedestal, really, aren't they? They're a little bit better than the rest. So if West Ham, I'm sure Chris will probably agree, if if West Ham could come seventh this season, then that'd be classed as a very good season for them. So like I say, I think you'll see the best of West Ham as the season progresses. But that said, you know, there still won't be no mugs because Arnautovic has had a season there now and we all seen what he was capable of last season. He was, he was very good for them. And, you know, like I say, he's going to be a threat to Liverpool on Sunday. There's no two ways about it. And with Liverpool having a few little issues in terms of Fabinho has played most of the pre-season protecting the back four. He's unlikely to start the game. And then you've also got the fact that Joe Gomez is probably going to partner Van Dijk and he's not really played centre-half for Liverpool much. So it's not ideal, is it, that we're going into this game where a few players are a little bit undercooked, if you like, in terms of they haven't had a proper pre-season, and also a few little injury niggles as well along the way. So it's it's not ideal preparation, but you know, like I say, we've had a very good pre-season you know, in general, and I'm excited to see the new boys. And it's great to start the season at Anfield. Last season we were away against Watford. I'm happy this time around that it's at Anfield, and I think we'll just have a little bit too much for West Ham. But all things considered, I do think they'll probably sneak a goal because, as I touched on there, Liverpool have looked a little bit open in the last couple of games. And Arnautovic is a very dangerous player. Got a few creative players there as well in Felipe Anderson. And also, obviously, Antonio should be back, shouldn't he? And he was injured for a little bit last season. And they've also got Yarmolenko as well. So you know, they've got a few creative players there. So I think West Ham will score, but I just I just can't really see anything other than the Liverpool victory. And you probably would go with the front three or maybe scoring a goal for us at the weekends and you know, Salah, Mane and Firmino getting one as well. So I'll go for a 3-1 Liverpool victory. 3-1 for you, Jay. OK, over to you, Chris. Give us a, give us a score prediction and um, and your reasons for that, please. So um, I think that's, I think it will be a familiar West Ham side that starts. I don't think we'll throw in all the new boys all at once. I think quite clearly, as you always said, it would be too tough for... Uh, you know, a whole bunch of newbies to be contending in the Premier League. So I think that you're going to see Antonio get the nod ahead of Yarmolenko. I, I think that you're going to see Arnie and Chikorito spearheading the attack. I, I do think Declan Rice and Noble will be our holding midfield players. Um, it, the one or two new boys I think I could see uh, playing will be Frederick on the, on, as right back. And maybe, just maybe, Anderson. Just maybe. But then again, I might take that back. 
and see someone like Diop. Because Diop and Abona have played quite well as a centre-back pairing. I don't see him putting in more than two or three new boys at the same time. When it comes to the score, I do think West Ham will score the last goal. The question is going to be whether that last goal pulls us back 2-2 or is a dagger in the heart of the boys on the cop blindsiding you boys 3-2 taking all the one. That is going to be the question. Whether the cop are going to get on the back of the boys thinking, what's going on? Why are you not steamrolling us? And I think it could be something like, it could be something like, Arnie gets an early goal. You guys get two goals, 2-1. Two, and a little sneaky 90-second minute off his backside, Chikorito draw. <laughs> or even better, even better, we get a sweet little move down our left flank. Anderson's come on. We've been down 2-0 for a long time. Come back to 2-2. And sweet as you like it, Masuwaka flicks it to Anderson, flicks it back to Masuwaka. He puts it across. Arnie chests it round. Boom! Antonio <laughs> smashes it into the net. There's nothing left for the cop boys to do. And we're all singing, we're forever blowing bubbles. I think there's an alarm going off there. You know, you need to wake up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, absolutely yeah, spot on, mate. Yeah, Brilliant I, stuff. Oh, fantastic, Chris. Right. <laughs> what a, yeah, my my score prediction. Um, I'm not going to get as excited as Chris and um, give a running commentary, but that, that was fantastic. That um, I'm going to go with a with a two-one victory to Liverpool. Like Jay said, I think uh, West Ham will will sneak a goal. I just think Liverpool will have that little bit too much for them. I think it will be a will be a close game at times, and um, we could have there will be a few hairy moments for Liverpool. But I just think with, with the likes of Salah and and Mane on the break with with this West Ham side, especially if Zabaleta's playing, Mane has got um, bounds of pace on him on that side of the pitch, and um, Salah on his side as well. I just think that Liverpool will, will have a, a little bit too much in attack for for West Ham, but a, a close game, and I'm going to go with a with a two one Liverpool victory. Okay, let's just before um, we go, what I do each week on on the podcast, Chris is playing. Um, play a band unsigned band or an unsigned artist and we put a little advertisement out on Twitter and stuff each week uh, to see if anyone's interested this week we've had um, two uh, the, the clusters of band oh no there's three in the band sorry they're, they're based out in Austin in, in Texas they go by the name of um, Those Damn Eyes and uh, the song I'm going to play for you tonight is called In A Flash by Those Damn Eyes through the trees you will see I can be everything you wanted me to be Dig my grave, I will save That's what I gave Losing time to this madness It's a bit frightening You can't keep me Chances are I left you drowning. 
Hi, Jack the Producer here. If you'd like some more football podcasts by Ronnie Dog Media, then you should join Luke Glanville and guests on the West Ham Matters podcast. Luke interviews fellow journalists each week, including stats, facts, incredibly hard quizzes and crazy predictions. I'm going to be overly confident and I'm going to say that West Ham are going to sneak into the top six. You can find West Ham Matters on iTunes, SoundCloud and Acast. Okay, that song was called In a Flash by Those Damn Eyes, based out in Austin in Texas. They've also got uh, a website you can have a look at there, which is called thosedamneyesofficial.com. So thanks very much to Jay and thanks very much to Chris for joining us on the the Cop Table West Ham preview show. Absolutely fantastic show that lads are uh, made up with it. Thanks again. Good fella, nice one. Good luck to you guys. Except for Sunday. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Brilliant. So that's the, the cop table preview of the Liverpool versus West Ham game all done. We'll be back with our Crystal Palace preview next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will speak to you all soon. Goodbye. I heard a copy calling. Hope you enjoyed today's cop table. Please do follow us on Twitter at the underscore cop underscore table. And don't forget, for all your Liverpool analysis and opinion, head over to liverpoolfchq.com. We'll see you next week. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah. 
They were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.